0: So, hey, we are live. Yeah, uh, we are. Evidently, we've been live, and you haven't been able to hear us. But <laughs> I think the far better combo is being able to hear us and not being able to see us. I mean, if you yeah. had to pick, I think that would be the way to go. But um, we were taking some questions today. We just finished uh, recording an episode of our uh, the Vox podcast that I think you're really going to like. It's long, um, but it's an interview with a, a guy who hosts a couple of podcasts that we love and uh there's some really good stuff if you can fight through how long it is man there's some really really good stuff in that so i encourage you to check that out sunday night monday morning um and uh, we've got some questions that get texted in or emailed in from folks uh, from our community and so we try we've been trying to keep up we have like hundreds um we're trying to get ahead a little bit on this and so um we're we're excited to to answer a few today so andy what do we got all right number one
1: on the podcast, hashtag things only Christian Women here, you said the twelve disciples that turned into the twelve apostles represented the twelve tribes of Israel. Correct. So what was Paul then? He's the thirteenth apostle, maybe Melchizedek, totally guessing here. High five on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> um, well, their apostle is used in two ways in the uh, in the New Testament. One is as an authoritative designation for the twelve. And that's the group that represents the reconstitution of israel around jesus but there are other apostles there's a female apostle there's paul the apostle other other mentions of apostles and writings of the new testament so if you were an apostle it did not mean you were one of the 12 it meant you had a unique commission from the church or in paul's case from jesus himself to be an ambassador of jesus to the world so there are a lot lot uh lots of apostles uh, in the new Testament, but the 12, that was a separate set. And those are the ones, uh, in terms of Melchizedek, good poll. Um, not so sure that was, uh, that was in, in view there. So (laughs) I like it though. I like it. That's good.
1: Number two, number two, I have heard people say things like your faith will unlock what God has for you. This doesn't seem to be theologically accurate, but it makes me anxious. What's the line? Your uh, faith will unlock? What God has for you. Did oh, I say okay. unlock you? That's no, I don't, know. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, This doesn't seem to be theologically accurate, but it makes me anxious because there are passages in the Bible about how faith pleases God. Do you think it's true that our words' level of faith have an impact on whether our prayers get answered? How is it possible to trust God when there are so many other wills being done oh, on great earth? great question.
0: What do you do when you don't hear from God and need to make a big decision? (laughs) Jeez. Okay. That's like 80 questions. Um, (laughs) Phenomenal, phenomenal questions. First of all, yes, this is a teaching that has been totally abused um, and can be misleading on its face. Secondly, Jesus does teach in places and the Bible does seem to affirm in places that faith does play a part. Uh, That Jesus, when it went to his hometown, couldn't do miracles. Uh, because there was little faith, um, uh, there, there's this. He, he'll teach about faith. But here's the, here's the big reason why this is so messed up. Faith is drastically misunderstood in an American context as to, depo- as opposed to what Jesus meant when he used the word faith. When we hear the word faith, we think psychological certainty. So if I believe it hard enough or believe it concretely enough, it will happen. And when you hear it that way, then this teaching um, is, is totally uh, open to abuse because how in the world do I convince myself of something? And how do, I, how, how do I have faith as small as a mustard seed? I can move mountains, but I've never moved mountains. And so what does all that mean? Um, but, but faith is a relational covenantal concept in uh, the Gospels, in the New Testament. And because of that, it's synonymous with words like trust and confidence. Um, faith is, it's the loyalty uh, to Jesus um, that uh, if you have a, um, uh, if you were a uh, um, a client in the first century of a Roman patron, somebody who had supported you, you would offer them your loyalty in return. It was that allegiance that Jesus is talking about. And yes, when you're asking Jesus uh, for things if you're not allied with him if you're not aligned with his purposes in the world that does affect um uh answers to prayer of course so I think that's what Jesus is getting at he's not looking for people to have this name it claim it sort of thing it's that that it's an allegiance that's out of relationship and covenant that he's after mm-hmm. and of course in those terms uh, that matters on even what you pray and how you pray yeah great
1: okay number three boom these are, these are big questions today I know seriously, seriously. Melchizedek yeah <laughs> Superman number three I feel like there is this unspoken spiritual-slash-emotional-slash-psychological pressure or expectation to keep toxic people in our lives because Jesus suffers long <laughs> with us, and so we're expected to do the same. Okay, But I'm not Jesus, and I've let go Fair of point. several relationships because of their toxicity, and there is uh, there is honesty and emotional and psychological relief. Yeah, I mean, I cut them out after 15 to 20-plus years of trying so... Uh, trying. So it's not like I didn't try. Why do I still feel conflicted spiritually? Like God is mad at me for not being a good Christian. Why is, uh, where is the balance? I feel like I absorbed some bad theology along the way that makes me feel like this. Um, wow. what do you do as
0: a pastor in situations like this? Wow. Um, man, that, uh, that so depends on the nature of the relationship. Is this a child, a parent, a husband a wife is hmm. a relative a friend a business partner it it depends on the nature of the toxicity uh, is is this really toxic or you just don't like them are they are they doing harm to you in some in some very concrete way or is it you know just an annoyance and and I'm not hmm. I can't judge that from the question so i can imagine scenarios where absolutely you need to protect yourself and separate yourself and get the heck out of there and cut relationships off and I can also imagine um, scenarios where people can use this as an excuse to just not uh, love difficult people uh, right, and not yeah. love your enemy and bless right. those that persecute you. So it's hard to say without knowing uh, the kind of relationship, without knowing the heart uh, behind the the cutting off um, is the cutting off for the purpose of. Uh, Is it really protection? Is it punishment? Is it their redemption? I mean, there's all sorts of things uh, tangled in here. So for me as a pastor, there is a cultural expectation, absolutely beyond just being a Christian, that I am eminently concerned and available for everything that people think I should be concerned and available about. One of the things I try to be really honest uh, about is that um, even though my title is pastor, I don't have that shepherding, compassionate sort of wise counselor gift um, that other people have. And so I, i more make sure people are cared for rather than I care for people. If that makes, if that makes a difference, uh, if that makes sense in terms of a difference. And I'd say that's
1: kind of on a larger organizational scale. On an organizational scale. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I mean, friends and family, and of course, I mean, all of those sorts of things. But, um, for me, I I find uh, a guy named Andy Stanley had some great advice about this. He said to pastors, He said, do for one person what you wish you could do for everybody.
1: Hmm. So I always
0: want to have somebody that I'm walking along with, um, some situation that I'm immersed in, that I'm pastoring in, that's not just friends and family. Um, I, I try not to have more than that. Um, simply because uh, I can very easily get lost and swamped into into all those things. But I do feel absolutely responsible when when there are people who need care that they get care. Yep. And so we spend a lot of time in our community caring for folks and making sure that the, the folks that need it get it. And so I can't be more specific than that. Um, I think there are times when it's totally appropriate. There are times when it's not, the, the conviction or guilt you feel could either be a remnant of bad theology, or it could be the Holy Spirit. I just, I, I can't, you know, I can't really know. So I'm sorry to not be more helpful with that. Um, maybe find a pastoral counselor because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have some great ones. Uh, yeah. If you're a part of our community, maybe that would be a great uh, thing to ask and get specific with because I, I really don't know generally. Other than that, phenomenal questions. Please chime in. Let us know what you think and what you're wrestling with. And we're so honored to do this so anything you want to add andy uh nope make sure to check us out at
1: voxpodcast.com. uh check out the vox community podcast at vox community
0: and you yep. guys have a great day have a great day guys yep. thanks <clears throat> see you later ducks the ducks won evidently yes they did yeah so ducks. yippee hockey <laughs>